Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Vredestein Pinza AT. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The volume. The Three and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. Great odds and markets for baseball, the NBA, NHL, PGA Tour, and so much more. Awesome new and existing user promotions. America's number one sportsbook. Very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, Three and Out Podcast. Beautiful Monday afternoon. And I attended a practice today that had full pads. I think the entire league, officially, as of Monday, obviously some teams started earlier, so they've been in pads for a while. But now every team in the league has practiced with shoulder pads. And I think that marks the official start of training camp. Unofficially, first week, it's basically OTAs. Once the pads come on, we got real football. We're off and running. First week, I mean, we are... 
It's August 1st. I think, you know, the Rams play the Bills on September 8th, and then the majority of the teams play on the 11th. We're not that far away, folks. We are not that far away from real football. Obviously, there's a preseason game, the Hall of Fame game on Thursday. I don't expect that to be very close to real football because the Trevor Lawrence's, the Devontae Adams, the Derek Carrs, I would imagine are not playing in that game. Raiders, Jags. But uh, but yeah, who's who's not excited for training camp to be off and running? And I know I am. A lot to talk about today. A lot to dive into. Uh, obviously, the Middlecoff mailbag, I will put one in this podcast as well. So you want to get in. You want to fire into those DMs. And I went viral with this bald reel. I had like 10 million views. I've never gone viral on Instagram. And some of my DMs, it's been a lot of football people. There have been people coming out of the woodwork saying all types of weird stuff about who knows what. Very bizarre experience. I'm used to my DMs being very consistent. What about Texas A&M? What about the Pittsburgh Steelers? What do you think about Drew Locke? You got any life advice? The, the, some of these uh, people firing in my DMs are a little off uh, off the radar, let me say. But, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out. Uh, we'll delete some of them. And we're, we're off and running. Before we dive into Deshaun Watson and the news that came out today, I wanted to start with, I, I've been watching, I can't recommend it enough, the Derek Jeter documentary called The Captain. It is... If The Last Dance is like the the cream of the crop, a 10 out of 10, I'd say the Derek Jeter documentary, I've only watched two episodes, isn't far behind. It's that level. Like Tom vs. Time, maybe I felt like being around football, I'd known most of it. Again, really good, and I enjoy the stories, the football. To me, Tom vs. Time is the worst of the three. D- DJ's documentary is pretty close to, to MJ's, The Last Dance. It is. It's fantastic. And one, the way it starts, once he gets drafted by the Yankees, number six overall as a high school kid, he goes to spring training, starts an A ball, and then he kind of works his way up. But for, he really, really struggled early on. Even he, he admitted, Derek Jeter said, I was terrible. I was in over my head. It was a lot going on. And I can't even imagine how difficult it is going from high school to professional. It's hard enough. I've been around football now for over a decade. It's very, very difficult coming from Ohio State, from Florida, from Alabama to the pros. That can be a difficult transition, let alone playing baseball for Davis High School and then all of a sudden getting live ABs against some dude that just was been a pro for a couple years. It's got to be hard. And, and DJ really struggled. And eventually, a couple years later, minor league player of the year, year later, starting shortstop, rest is history. But I'm at 49er practice today, and I'm watching Trey Lance. First day of pads. Now, I was at practices last year. I saw him. And watching him now, to me, it's a lot different this year than last year because he's now the starting quarterback. The Niners have a bizarre situation going on. Jimmy Garoppolo is on the team, but he's not really on the team, yet he's around the team rehabbing and eating in the facility. It's weird. It it just is. They can claim it's normal because he's a good guy. And listen, I have a lot of respect for Jimmy acting pretty normal because a lot of quarterbacks would demand their release. From what I heard, the scuttlebutt and the buzz around practice, like Jimmy's cool with it all. Jimmy is a good soldier. He doesn't want to ruffle feathers. He's cool with playing it out. I find that pretty bizarre, but whatever. I mean, to each his own, he's cool with it. Who am I to say? But I thought out there in practice today, first day in pads, they did some red zone. Trey Lance struggled. A lot was happening very fast. And you start realizing like, Part of the way you get better at anything, I'm a much better podcaster now than I was five years ago. 
Just like anyone listening, if you're in sales, you're probably better at sales now at 34 years old than you were at 26 when you started. You get better with time. And think how many quarterbacks in in college football get to start two or three years and get a ton of reps under their belt. Think about C.J. Stroud is going to be a multi-year starter. Bryce Young, multi-year starter. Caleb Williams, several-year starter. Will Levis, all these guys that are going to get drafted this year or next year are going to have several seasons starting. Trey Lance played one season at FBS where his team was dramatically better than the majority of teams he was playing. Like, dramatically better. It's one thing when you play at Alabama or Ohio State, you're still playing good teams every single week. Like at the FBS level, if you play for the best team, there's a big difference between North Dakota State and UC Davis or North Dakota State and Weber State. To me, that gap is much wider than Alabama against Kentucky or Alabama against Tennessee. And then this guy's season was wiped out. So when I, and I say this and people get mad, like he is a major, major project and more of a project than typical projects. Patrick Mahomes was a project. He was a multiple-year starter at Texas Tech, where every single year their schedule was full of Big 12 teams. Why? They were in the Big 12. Josh Allen, to me, has become this ultimate outlier. I don't even think it's fair to compare anyone to him. But, like, Lamar Jackson was also a project. Lamar Jackson was a several-year starter at Louisville. Like, the amount of reps you get in college, I think, is underrated. Because one thing I say this all the time about the NBA, the Warriors just beat the Celtics in six games. The two best players on the Celtics were Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Both guys one and done in college. Neither of them can dribble. Like, they are not great at dribbling. A fundamental part of basketball. Well, think about the Warriors, who their three best players are. Draymond Green, four-year player, Michigan State. Klay Thompson, three-year player, Washington State. Steph Curry, three-year player, Davidson. Think about the fundamental reps they had before they even got to the pros. And I'm watching Trey Lance going, you know, it's going to take some time. Now, he's very lucky, a lot like Mahomes. He gets to enter a great team. They have star players everywhere, in their prime, under contract, littered at every position. But, like, you watch a guy, you go, yeah, it's going to take him some time. You know why? It should. This is a very, very difficult game. And the amount of reps this kid has is minuscule, even relative to the majority of young players in the league. I mean, looking back, Mitch Trubisky is a good example. Now, if if Trey Lance turns out to be Mitch Trubisky, the Niners have a major problem. But, like, ultimately, when Mitch got drafted by the Bears, he was a one-year starter. And anytime you're a one-year starter, like, I'm sorry, you're just not getting the reps. And to me, there's a different level of reps when you're the actual starter and you're repping with the ones all offseason, you play the games. The other thing, I was like looking at Jimmy Garoppolo, who came from a Division I AA program. He was a four-year starter in college. His last couple years, he was throwing like 550 times a season. Just, Just attempts. The reps matter. Anything you do in life, experience matters. That's how you improve. So this notion with Trey, how good is he going to be? I got no clue. It's August 1st. His second year of his career, he started two games. He's a work in progress, which most young players are, but he's got a long way to go. And that's part of the reason you pay. And I I never have a problem. And I saw Mike Tomlin say this on the Pivot podcast weeks ago. Like, I want to be able to, whenever I hear like, oh, this guy can't do this, this guy can't do that. Like, a lot of times that's a coaching issue. Why why do we get paid all this money? Head Kyle Shanahan makes $12, $13 million. He's the offensive coordinator. Like, it's a good problem to have. 
Like, I want my head coach to be, that's why I want him to be the offensive play caller, because when my quarterback is a project, you can work on him. The Bills got a little lucky that their offensive coordinator, which they had a lot of success with, stayed for four years. The development of their young quarterback. The Chiefs, one of their greatest attributes is their head coach is their play caller. He ain't leaving. <laughs> so they can lose OCs. It doesn't matter. As long as they got Andy with Patrick, they're good to go. And you can say the same thing with McVay and Stafford and now, I always forget his name, the dude with the Bengals and Joe Burrow. Like, I like my offensive coordinator to be my head coach and to coach the quarterback. <laughs> I mean, now they don't technically coach the quarterback every individual rep, but ultimately that's their baby. Because if the offense is your baby, the quarterback ultimately is your baby. And I think Trey benefits a lot from the simple fact that the 49ers are a running team. That they're not going to try to throw it 35 times a game. That is not their coach's style. A lot like Bill Belichick last year with Mac Jones, you can live running the football early on in your career. So I think Trey, being a massive project, going to a good team, is very lucky that that team is equipped to handle him. But there's going to be struggles. You know, Watching the Jeter doc, like it wasn't super easy for him, even though his first year it actually went pretty well once he made it to the big leagues. But to get there, it took him several years in the minor leagues to figure out how to play defense. I think he led like rookie ball in errors. And he was even he, he was like, it was embarrassing. But it is what it is. Because at the highest level of anything really competitive, there should be a struggle. This stuff is really hard. It is not easy. And it's not going to be easy as the 49ers and Trey work through this. He's just lucky to have a star wide receiver. Ayuk's damn good. And George Kittle. And the best left tackle in the league. And Juszczyk, the best fullback in the league. And million running backs. So, uh, all this talk about him, like, yeah, it's it's a work in progress. That's that's football with young players that had no college reps. <laughs> the Deshaun Watson thing. First and foremost, the league made this decision to go to an independent arbitrator because everyone, myself, yourself, the players, the teams, were tired of Roger being the guy, being the hammer being the judge, jury, and executioner. So he did it. This is not, he did not make the ruling of six games. This Sue Robinson lawyer judge lady did. So everyone's immediate reaction is, and mine was too, six games? What the, you know what? The the NFL had nothing to do with it. Now, the ball is in the NFL's court. And let's face it, the Deshaun Watson and really, his agent, Dave Mulgetta, and the Browns threw up a massive double middle finger to the entire league. They did a deal with a guy who had was under a massive contract. Remember, the Houston Texans extended him for a lot of money. He was making over $30 million. They basically tore up that deal, redid a deal that was unprecedented in the NFL. $230 million, every single penny guaranteed. But then the first year of the deal, there was only $1 million owed to Deshaun Watson. So whether he got suspended one game or the entire season, Deshaun Watson was only going to lose a tiny, 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 tiny percentage of his overall contract, $1 million of the $230 million. So they rigged the deal, which if I was in their shoes, I would have done it too. Like I don't necessarily blame them, but if I was in the NFL shoes, I would not be happy with that. And clearly the other teams aren't happy about that. I think the situation is an easy one for Roger Goodell. Because even in, I, I saw someone tweeted out in Sue's breakdown, in her conclusion of the case. And again, most of us, I definitely am not not a law guy, watch some law shows, but just, just a business, ag business, 
send some stupid other master's degree from Fresno State that means nothing. So I, I can't pretend to understand the law, understand the legalities, understand all this stuff. But we all have, if we follow the football or follow pro sports, have a pretty good idea how this stuff works. And she used a line that said this was the most egregious act in in, in the NFL. I, I, I don't want to screw this up, actually. It's too good of a line. Here was her exact wording. Mr. Watson's pattern of conduct is more egregious than any before reviewed by the NFL. Think about that statement. Just think about the last two decades of the NFL. We have seen some crazy shit. We've seen it all. I mean, literally everything has happened possible for guys to get in trouble. Deaths, DUIs, murders, you know, the Ray Rice situation, Greg Hardy situation, the the, the gun running, cocaine running. There is nothing in the last, hell, you could go less than that, 15 years, that we have not seen in the National Football League. Now, I've always contested, believed, and it's just a fact, those guys that are involved in those actions are the outliers. The majority of the guys in the NFL are good guys. Or do the right thing, guys. And then a large percentage of them are super high-level guys, people that could work anywhere, just very impressive human beings. But the low, the lowest percentage, you know, the bottom two, three percent that have gotten trouble over the years and just questionable characters, yeah, are bad. But welcome to society. That's the way the world works. But to say that Mr. Watson's pattern of conduct is more egregious than any before reviewed by the NFL, that is insane. So we all know that we don't know the details. This is a he said, she said deal. And I never try to guess in those situations. Why? I got no clue. You got no clue. None of us were there beside him and the 30 plus massage therapist. But like I said, all those women, something weird happened. The guy had an issue, right? It's like, come on, Deshaun. And I love that Tom Bellisaro put out today that Sue mandates that the Browns, that Deshaun has to use the Browns massage therapist. Can you imagine being the Browns massage therapist? Like, I don't want to touch the guy. Now, in all seriousness, they're going to give him a man. Like, Deshaun Watson is going to have a male massage therapist moving forward from the Cleveland Browns. Like, that that's a fact, Jack. But ultimately, it's such an easy one for Roger Goodell. A guy that makes so much money, I think most of us don't even think he cares what people think of him in public perception. Even though there's a human element to all of us, I don't think the majority of human beings, even the guys that kind of yearn for it, want to be hated. We don't mind. I guess some people, more than others, kind of like the pushback, like people to be against them. It motivates them. There's another thing to be hated by it felt like a lot of people, and that's what Roger Goodell, the camp that he fell under. I think this one, and I would imagine if I was playing devil's advocate to what I'm about to say, is the NFL got this independent arbitrator because they don't want to deal with this stuff anymore. They do not want to deal with it. They just want someone in the legal realm to give their decision, and then they just stand by it. And it's kind of like, hey, guys, this is what everyone wanted. Talk to Sue, even though no one's going to talk to Sue because she's not going to talk. So it's, it's an easy one for them. But for this one specifically, given the quantity of the amount of massage therapists that came after him, I don't see how you're Roger Goodell... You suspend him for a year. I, I To me, it's pretty easy. And ultimately, financially, it does nothing to Sean Watson. He loses a million dollars. So you're not like, quote-unquote, screwing him financially. Uh, to me, that would be the move. 
that would 100% be the move. And listen, it's not apples to apples with these other suspensions. I've seen a lot of these. You know, this guy got a year for weed. This guy got a year for trace up, you know, uh, substance tracing in his blood. Calvin Ridley got a year for $1,500 parlay. Now, on Calvin Ridley specifically, even though the farther we get, it's almost comical. It's like you put $1,500 on a parlay. I've never put probably more than $100 on like a several team parlay. Like, hey, Calvin. That is a losing proposition. Take it from someone who's been gambling now almost two decades. You do, you do, you know, five, six team parlays. One thing to do a two team parlay. He did massive parlay. You're going to lose those every single time, especially fifteen hundred dollars. And I know you got some cash. Your first round pick. Be careful with that. But you get a year now. I understand the NFL, who's you know balls deep in gambling right now, cannot have their players involved in betting. I, that, that's that's not negotiable. That's not even, I see some of these people arguing it on the social media streets. Like, no, you can't have anyone dabbling in that. I don't care if they're betting on teams that they have nothing to do with. You can't have them gambling on games. That, that, that is, that's, a, it's, un, it's not tolerable. So I think that is ultimately why they immediately drop the hammer on him. But when you see he got a year for betting $1,500, on a on a whatever seventeen parlay that involved like the Jags, which is even crazier, and Deshaun gets six games for this situation. Which let's face it, if you're you know over thirty years old and you've been following sports for a little while, this situation is pretty unprecedented. We've seen a lot of guys get into situations, sexual assault, whatever questions about them. From from Kobe to Zeke to Roethlisberger, we've seen individual situations. Never at this quantity. Not even close. This is this is pretty insane. Like there's just it got to the point where it's like ah you know listen Deshaun who in their right mind is supposed to give you the benefit of the doubt on this one? And I, I just think that this is an easy moment for the NFL to boot him for the year. I, I really do. And you'd be like, well, what about last year? No, he chose to sit out last year, and he and he got paid. Not again. I don't care whether the guy gets paid or not. It doesn't impact my life at all. But oh, last year he was not suspended. He chose to quit on the Texans. Let's call a spade a spade. And Deshaun Watson now, I think, has officially become a major pain in the butt of the league, of the Browns. Like, this situation, you know, with time, things aren't as bad. Like, in five years, it always feels the worst at the moment. Like, if ultimately he sticks on the six games, in five years, if he wins an MVP and wins a bunch of playoff games, are we going to talk about this nonstop? Probably not, but let's face it, Roethlisberger was synonymous, like a lot of people called him Roethlisberger for a long period of time, still, you know, basically till his career ended. A lot of people were always taking shots. Same thing with Kobe. Like it doesn't, I don't know if you truly ever shake this, but I don't know. This this situation has just been one of those drip, 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 it won't stop. And now I think the NFL is in kind of a precarious situation, even though I think their ultimate decision should be pretty easy. Just give them a season. The baseball season is here. This baseball season, turn K's into cash and big hits into big wins with FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can step up to the plate with no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up, place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in free bets if you don't win. Here's what I like. Betting on the Los Angeles Dodgers and betting on the New York Yankees. Bet on the best teams, and you are more likely going to win money. There's no better place to bet America's pastime than on America's number one sports book. 
Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using the promo code COLIN to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER, or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana, or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan, 1-877-8- Hope NY or text Hope NY 467-369 New York Tennessee Redline 1-800-888-9789 Tennessee 1-800-522-4700 Wyoming visit www.1800gambler.net West Virginia Warning this product contains nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical black buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco if you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bowl flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. And speaking of quarterback contracts, right? Kyler, like, it's not, it's not an opinion. Kyler's team thought he was lazy. His team thought he was lazy. No one, no one brought that up till his team did and put it in the contract. Deshaun, and he got $231 million and $160 guaranteed. Deshaun was in the middle of one of the craziest like lawsuits, civil suits we've ever seen and got $230 million guaranteed. And neither one of those guys have an MVP. Kyler doesn't have a playoff win. In his one playoff game, it was one of the biggest just quit jobs we've ever seen. Deshaun has played well in the playoffs. I vividly remember watching the playoff game a couple years ago. Him and Hopkins going nuts, nuts against the Bills. He's Deshaun Watson has been better, obviously, than Kyler Murray. But factoring in the off the field. Lamar Jackson, who is more accomplished regular season player than both, right? MVP, 
resurrected a franchise. You could say Deshaun kind of did too, even though they were pretty competitive before him, but he's much better than any quarterback Bill O'Brien had. I'm, I'm not disputing that. And Lamar has not got paid like those guys. But like Desha- unlike Deshaun, zero off the field issues. And unlike Kyler, no one, and I know people in the Ravens questions how hard he works, how much he cares, how good of a leader is, how much everyone likes him within the building. He's beloved in that building. So he's a positive inside the building. He's a positive outside the building. Zero issues. And he's been awesome on the field just for the franchise. I've said over and over, I don't know who's giving advice. Clearly, he's not really getting much. Because under no circumstances should he be participating in these practices. All the guys that want to get paid now, hold in. I'm not, holding out makes no sense. You get fined, you can't give it back. Show up, stand there on the side. Then you put the pressure on your team. But to me, Lamar, after these two guys got paid, I'd be like, come on guys, what are we doing? This guy, every massage therapist in Texas, and this other guy won't watch, you got to put it in his contract to watch film. And those are kind of my comps, right? I'm a better version of Kyler. I'm kind of like Deshaun. Like, that's that's who that's the world I'm in. And you're not paying me yet? And we're still arguing over contract? Like, the number's the number. 160, 170 guaranteed right now. And honestly, if you wanted to make a stink, like, Deshaun, he got 230. How am I not getting 230? But even if he wants to be a good guy, hey, 165 million guaranteed deals right now. But I'm not taking another snap in practice. I'm not doing you favors. The older you get, you realize when you're young, you don't have that much leverage. And I got to just speak for myself. Maybe some people are killers in business. I was always a little like frightened was the wrong word, but I was, you're just always, you're kind of nervous to fight for yourself when it comes to financially with the company or your bosses or whatever. The older you get, you realize, especially, you know, once you go through some shit, you're like, if you don't fight, no one's going to. Like you got to draw a line in the sand every once in a while. If you want to get paid. If you want to get a certain deal, if you're negotiating whatever you're negotiating, whether it's a house, whether it's equity in a deal, whether it's for a salary, like you got to have some balls on you. And sometimes you got to make decisions that aren't the easiest and make people uncomfortable, including yourself. But here's what I know about Lamar Jackson. He's got leverage on his side. They need him and he's earned it. And the other two guys that got paid recently, Kyler and Deshaun, like what are we even talking about? He on and off the field, he's not comparable to those guys. So I I, I think he's going to eventually he he cannot go into the season I, again. I, I think he's nuts to be participating in practice. We're not talking about ten, twenty, thirty million dollars. We're talking about a hundred and sixty to one hundred and seventy million dollars guaranteed, every penny. Like think of how many people you know that own businesses. That if if you told them like, hey man, you could sell your business for twenty five million dollars, like what they would do, fifty million dollars, eighty, a hundred million, hundred and seventy million dollars, he doesn't have to pay out other employees, just himself. So I I, I think he's nuts. Um, I would stop practicing immediately. The wide receiver market. One thing's clear: these guys are really valuable. Like their market value in the league in a passing league is really really high. And when you get these guys that are dominant, dominant players, they're just going to get an astronomical amount of money. And we saw it with the crew of guys. It's why I said DK, AJ, and Debo, who were all in the same draft class, who were all drafted in the second round, uh, had earned a ton of money. 
They, they were star impact players. All a little different, but those guys, you like this would have been a lot uglier 10, 15, 20 years ago. But now you are so dependent on the wide receiver position and those guys having an impact in a passing league. You know, they get a stupid amount of money and they immediately get all of them, basically $57, $58 million. Terry McLaren as well. But these guys, I remember when the older guys signed and everyone's like, well, that's the going rate now for Debo, DK, and AJ. No, it was never the going rate. Those guys that all signed for basically 15, you know, to $12 million more in guarantees. Cooper Cup, Tyreek Hill, and Devontae Adams. Those guys are on their third contract. Basically, those guys, over the life of these guys' upcoming deals, maintain Pro Bowl status. For the last three years, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and Cooper Cup have been three of the best players in the league. That now is the pressure on AJ, DK, Terry, and Debo. Every single year, once you start making these premium dollars, you need to be a premium player. You need to be a Pro Bowl-level player every single year. Now, whether you make the Pro Bowl or not, I'm not going to argue semantics, but you, you better be coming through and be a dependable, dominant player. That is now the pressure on that crew of guys to maintain that level of play. Because the reason Tyreek, the reason Devontae and Cooper Cup all got 68 to $75 million guaranteed is because the last three or four years, those guys have kicked the shit out of everybody. They have dominated, especially Tyreek and Devontae Adams. And that now is the pressure on these guys. Like Debo Samuel, we, we need you to be a dominant player. It's going to be harder for DK, who's going to be his quarterback. But for A.J. Brown, you know, you need to make Jalen Hurts a lot better. We're putting it on you, you know. And that's just the pressure that comes along with getting paid. Because in the NFL, and just in the salary cap league, you know, you need whoever you allocate a decent amount of money to, you need them to live up to their piece of the pie, right? So if I'm giving you 12% of my salary cap, I'm doing it for a reason. And it's great when it's Aaron Donald or Trent Williams or obviously the top quarterbacks, but are just all pro, pro bowl guy. You don't even think about it. Where it hurts you is like, God, we've got this guy, we're paying him $12 million and he's playing like a $2 million player. God, we're paying this guy $20 million and he's like a $4 million player. That's a problem. And that's where it impacts you. And that's where your team can take either steps forward or steps back. And I, I think all these guys, the expectations on them are going to be sweet. And they're all super talented. I'm a fan of them all. It was an incredible... I'd throw Hunter Renfro in there too, even though he makes his guarantees a lot less than all those guys. But the, the, those guys should should dominate for the foreseeable future if they're healthy. And this also now speaks to your character, right? Like, does money change you? Because these guys had something to work with or work for. When you're a second-round pick... You know, the life of your deal, you make two or three million dollars. So I, I think Debo Samuel, who was drafted a lot higher than AJ and DK, at the end of this deal, if he hadn't been paid, I think the total is going to be around four million dollars. Well, th- listen, four million dollars, don't get me wrong, is a lot of money. But when you have the opportunity, he just got 58 guaranteed. What's that? 14, 15x that? So when you have the opportunity to get that, you're chasing something. That there's a there's a desire to get something. Now, once you get paid, and this is where the scouting comes in, what's your character? What's your work ethic? I, I don't know if you saw the clip go viral of DK on the on the podium or the dais with Pete and, and uh, John Schneider and was crying, and it was a powerful moment. And it's always cool. You know, you work so hard, you earn it, you get it. And the great players, they don't fall off. 
They, they just, Devontae Adams got a second contract, boom, kept kicking ass. Right, Tyreek got a second contract, boom, kept kicking ass. Travis Kelsey got a second contract, boom, got a kicking ass. All these guys get third contract. Cooper Cup, same thing. You know, but not, that doesn't happen. Some guys, you know, you get content. And, it, you know, I, I feel pretty strongly about all these guys, but you just never know. Not every free agent just maintains his great play. But I think if we looked and did a study on it, a lot would have to do with the person. Uh, the Forbes valuation, some of these valuations, I think the Cowboys were like $7 million. Teams like the Giants and the Niners, five, $6 million. I don't always agree with him, but I thought he had a good point. Florio, Mike Florio tweeted something out that basically said like, what a stupid exercise. Because there, there is no valuation. One, they don't come on the open market very often. And when they do, they're based off previous numbers. So the starting point, if a team hit the open market, would be on the Broncos, right? Who just went for the biggest sale price in the history of pro sports at $4.55 billion. Well, let's just hypothetically say they were able to boot Snyder out and the football team came out. Well, or the commanders or whatever the hell they're called. The 4.55 from the Broncos actually doesn't parallel the wash. Their market's much bigger. Their division, let's face it, is a bigger media market. To me, the bidding on that would start at like six. Like you could say the Niners are five on paper, but one, they never become available. And if they did, I bet they could fetch seven and a half with ease. Part of it, this is not a normal business model. Think about this. I don't know what the, I think the number last year was right around $300 million. Maybe it was like 280. Let's just say in a couple of years, that number is $350 million. Every team gets from the media right deals. Now, those of you that work in finance knows businesses, you know, it's like, depending on your industry, could be three, could be six, seven times EBITDA. Some just go, well, just what's your revenue? Depending on if your industry is a tough industry to get in, it could just be 10, 10x revenue. And that's just the media money. Some of these teams, like the Cowboys, the Niners, the Giants, the amount of money they make, I mean, their revenue could be six, seven, eight hundred million dollars. So if you just did, it's the NFL, it's hard to get in, it's an exclusive club. Like Augusta National can let, there are a lot of rich people who want to be members and be a part of Augusta National. They say no to the majority of them. Just because you have money, they don't give a shit. It's a, it's a special country club, and they only allow so many people in, the people they want in. Now, it's different because they can kind of pick and choose, like, yeah, we'll just add another member. In the NFL, there's only the teams. And if the owner doesn't want to sell, the team is not available. So as we've seen in recent memory, like how many teams have really become available in the last decade? Not that many. Three or four. Some of them are death. Some of them are, you know, like Carolina. He kind of he got kicked out or he kind of was old, whatever. But it's, it's pretty rare. So the numbers now with the amount, they also have a CBA. So this CBA for the next decade is guaranteeing them stupid cash every year, again, just from the media rights deal. So these Forbes valuations, I got to agree with Florio on this one, are just kind of irrelevant. They don't matter. Honestly, they're a low ball. You know how they say Zillow is always high? I mean, not now. I mean, price are dropping like a fly if you've waited, you know, like me. I waited for a reason. Give it another six months. But in, when when things were rolling, Zillow, you'd look, you're like, God, that feels a little high. And to me, the Forbes valuations are low because every single team, whatever the number is, if it's $3 million, they'd get four. If it's $5 million, they'd get seven. Just, just a reality of the power of the National Football League. Uh, just fly around some different headlines. 
Uh, the Steelers gave their kicker. I mean, Boswell's a stud. Gave him $20 million. Uh, Najee Harris hurt at practice. Here's the thing with the Steelers. And talking to Cam Hayward, if you listen to that interview a couple weeks ago, if the Steelers are going to be good, they're not. I mean, they have wide receivers, but they're going to be a run-first defense team. And Mike Tomlin has said it. Cam Hayward said it. Like, he's going to be the straw that stirs the drink on offense. So they need to keep that guy healthy. I'm not overreacting to anything, you know, August 1st, unless it's like a serious injury. But it's just, you know, he's got to maintain the whole season. 17 games. He's a physical back. It's hard. You know, it's going to be very, very difficult for for player to depend on running backs, I, I think. And if that's your case, like the Niners depend on running backs. They have seven of them. You know, it's it's one thing. Yeah, we depend on running back. We have one. I, I like having a stable. It's why I, I'm probably against drafting guys in the first round, even though I think Najee Harris is a stud. He's probably like a top five talent right now. But whenever you draft a guy in the first round, you end up depending on him. I'd rather just draft random guys like the third, the fourth, the sixth, and just have four or five of them and just run, run them all into the ground, let the cream rise. The Bears, feels like there's some trade buzz on the dude, uh, Tevin Jenkins, who they drafted last year in the second round. Remember, he got hurt in training camp and he played later in the season, didn't go well. Uh, the Bears are in shambles. I, I, I really think they're going to have the number one overall pick. They would be, if I had to put a place a bet, on what team is going to be the worst in the National Football League, it would be the Chicago Bears, which is sad because obviously they drafted a quarterback really high just a couple years ago. Kyler out five days with the Rona. Here's my question. If you're Kyler Murray, you're not allowed to come in. You got the vid. You're at home. You got to stay away till you test negative. <clears throat> Can you be caught playing video games at home? Even though you got the vid and you got you to isolate, are you allowed to play video games or is that a bad look? Can you get on Twitch and play some Call of Duty? Or would that, would you even get some pushback? Even if you're home, you're, t- you're tested positive, you're not allowed in the facility, are you allowed to pick up that controller and start gaming? I would lean no. And if you did it, I'd probably change my username and stay offline. But I think that's part of the fun of this modern day gaming is playing online, playing other people. Alvin Kamara. You remember at the Pro Bowl, there was a club. I think a dude was beat up. Alvin Kamara caught on tape. Not ideal. Well, I saw his hearing was pushed back 60 days. Well, it's August 1st, so 60 days. I mean, you're talking like in October. So there's a chance, reading some of the clips, like, are we sure he's getting suspended this year? We saw Deshaun Watson, like nothing happened. He didn't even get suspended until the following year. So maybe Alvin Kamara... Avoids getting in trouble, even though it was on video. We know he was involved. Like, there's no, like, it could have been, it could, it might have been alleged. Like, there was this New Jersey councilman, might have been councilwoman, who hit this cyclist who was an Uber Eats bike rider. Hit him. Hit and run. Didn't stop. Didn't even call it in for six hours. And the headline I saw today was like, alleged hit and run. No, it's literally on video. It's the, it's the councilwoman trucking the cyclist. Didn't call it in for... There's no alleged. I, I hate that alleged. No, it's it's on camera. Like, that was Alvin Kamara in Vegas, you know? I, like, to me, the Deshaun Watson, there's no video evidence. When there's video evidence, and like, you know, this alleged altercation. No, it was, it was a hit and run. We saw it. <laughs> um, Chandler Jones. I don't make that big a deal with non-major injuries in training camp, but I do red flag situations that are like, Undisclosed injury has not practiced yet, especially with older players. 
It's just something to monitor. Now, the Patriot guys, McDaniel, Ziegler, obviously from New England, now in Vegas, they're going to be cloak and dagger. That's that's where they've learned Belichick. But I just got Chandler Jones, and I was someone who said like the 49ers should have been all over Chandler Jones. The Bills should have signed Chandler Jones instead of giving Von Miller all that money. But my buddies in the league were like, the one issue is he's kind of been banged up. How reliable is he? So just that's I again I'm biased. Whenever I've watched Chandler Jones, especially play the Niners, he looks like Lawrence Taylor. So maybe I'm I have too high of an opinion on Chandler Jones. But when that guy's healthy, holy shit, is he good? But he gets injured. Uh, the Panthers activated J.C. Horn. Remember, he got injured last year. I think he hurt his foot. Uh, he's a stud. So if he's healthy, you know, remember the Panthers early on last year, they started 3-0, and and then Darnold kind of fell off the wagon, and their defense kind of got shittier as the season went on. But their defense, in theory, should be good. They're kind of a fascinating team. Who's going to be a starting quarterback? Are they going to be competitive? Or are they just going to suck and Matt Rule going to get fired? I don't know. I would probably lean they're probably going to suck and Matt Rule's going to get fired. But if you told me that all of a sudden you look up and the Panthers are like 5-3 and three or 5-4 and four and they're kind of frisky, I, I could believe you. Uh, Orlando Brown, who, you know, let's face it. Do the Chiefs want to give him a lot of money? Clearly not. They franchise tagged him. They like him. Partly, sometimes with a tackle, you're kind of stuck. Like, it's hard to upgrade. Remember, last year, they tried to sign Trent Williams, and Trent Williams just came back to the Niners. Like, when you're always good, you're never drafting high, so you're never going to get one of the sweet tackles, and not that many really good ones hit free agency. So, and most times, like, Trent Williams aren't available in trades. So your tackles, you kind of hope to strike oil, maybe in the draft, in like the second or third round, or, I don't know, you just hope to inherit one when you get the job. I mean, there's not much you can do. They kind of got lucky, remember, when Eric Fisher retired and they didn't get Trent and they had to pivot to get Orlando Brown. But, like, let's face it, they don't want, I don't blame him. I, I wouldn't give this guy, like, a major, major contract because he's not a great pass protector. But th- it's hard for them to upgrade. And I think he knows he's kind of stuck. And here's the thing. If you're Orlando Brown, like, let's just say at the end of the year the Chiefs choose not to keep him and not franchise him again. Like, it is in his best interest to play really well and then have someone overpay you. Because ultimately, like I said, not that many tackles hit the open market. And even when the average ones do, they get paid. So it, it is in Orlando Brown's best interest to come to camp, to play well under the franchise tag, which is not, it's not like he's playing under $2 million. Like, franchise tag for tackles is a lot of money. I, I would guess, like, I don't know, $20, 18 $19 million. Uh, but that's something to keep an eye on. Some players, you know, don't handle it as well, and some some you don't even notice once the season starts. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, 
and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Okay, let's dive into the mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire into those direct messages and get your question answered here on the show. Mailbag question. Is there a chance you're being a bit harsh on Kyler? I agree with you that he's not a good leader and wouldn't count on him to make a deep playoff run. Well, I think that's... uh, Two pretty good, uh, pretty strong agreements there. However, what's the alternative? Most years he's going to make them relevant in the playoff hunt, which means more ticket sales for the owner. For a team that only has made the playoffs six times in 30 years, pretty wild. I think he's the best bet to be competitive for the next five plus years. See, we don't disagree that his unique skill set uh, is hard 
to replicate. It's hard to duplicate. It's hard to find another one. So they were they were not going to upgrade this offseason. Though, I did talk to a buddy in the league that was like, would it have been crazy to like trade him to the Washington football team for three ones this offseason and sign like Baker Mayfield just to hold you over for a year? Or Jimmy Garoppolo or something? I was like, yeah, I mean, that's probably what I would have done. But let's just assume that was never going to be an option. What was the rush to pay him? I'm with you five plus year. Where's he going? He still had two years left on his deal. That's before the franchise tax. So what was the rush to give him this contract? Where in the contract, you were going to mandate him, you know, studying, which you ultimately took out. One theory I had, I told this to Gottlieb, is there a chance that they put that in knowing that it would leak so they could embarrass him, knowing they would ultimately take it out and kind of to keep the pressure on him? I don't know. That's just this is a theory I had thinking about it. I had this uh, video I did on on Instagram. It was like me making fun of a bald filter, like asking if I had a bald filter, and obviously I didn't. And it went viral. It had like nine, ten million people watch it. It's still it's still going viral. And I have gotten more DMs from like random strippers and random people that are like, "You look good. You so fine." It's like. My DMs have always been pretty consistent. Just, you know, you guys talking football. It, uh, I had this chick hitting me up for golf partner. I, I don't know who these, like, I'm taking people. Leave me alone. Uh, I, I'm getting people, on the wood, a lot of strippers. A lot of strippers. What is going on? Uh, I just want three and out questions. See, here's one. I'm passing this along from my husband who doesn't have an Instagram. Hey, John, mailbag question. Three and out and go low are my favorite podcasts. Keep it up. My buddies and I are trying to plan a golf trip within the next year. Lake Tahoe is top of the list. What courses would you recommend? Places to stay there. Appreciate your advice. Good question. His wife actually has like 6,000 followers. She's crushing it. I would, obviously the golf season in Tahoe is a little shorter. So go in the summer, stay in the north or the west shore, and play the three Truckee courses. Old Greenwood, Gray's Crossing, and I think there's one other one. It's easy to just look it up. They got three legitimate public courses that all cost, you know, like $150. Maybe there's some deal if you play all three of them and then just go out and booze. Chambers Bay in the summer is incredible. It is a bar on the lake. You're literally on a dock in the lake having cocktails. The bar is on the water. It's awesome. And there's one other bar... Uh, what the hell is it called? It has these special drinks. Name's escaping me, but it's pretty sweet too. I've also heard Beacon's pretty good. My buddy Scotty told me to check that out. Uh, what was something, something? I almost said Farhans. That's the SF Giants general manager. Uh, shit, I, I'll figure it out. I'll say in the next podcast. Also, show recommendation, Apple TV, Blackbird. It's like this mystery drama it's good. I just just check it out. Apple Apple TV is good. Here's my rankings right now. Apple TV, HBO Max, and Hulu are dramatically better than everyone else. Like Netflix, I saw someone obviously they had their, you know, quarter was really terrible. Do you know that the average like Netflix has 5x the next biggest streaming? Like Netflix still crushes in terms of time spent watching. I just think their shows suck. I can never find anything on there. HBO Max, Hulu, and Apple are crushing it right now. 
maybe Hulu benefits from having the FX contract, but I mean, it's not part of the game. I had a question that I think you would have interesting perspective on as an athlete and a scout. You know, I don't know if you call me an athlete, but I'll take the scout. I'm a physical therapist and former D1 athlete with a lot of opinions about how training rooms should be run. Over the years, have you seen many changes in the way teams approach preventing injury versus just reacting to them? I was also wondering if scouting departments talk to physical therapists at college levels in regards to player durability as well as uh, how they approach rehab. I feel like trainers and physical therapists could give a great insight and would be valuable for NFL scouts regarding the dedication players have to their bodies. I think every scout worth their salt becomes friends with a trainer and people in the training room. 100%. They are talking to the trainers. Uh, One thing, someone said this today, Kyle Shanahan is not going to practice more than three straight days in pads. So they'll do, and that's mandatory for the league. It's five straight days, then you get an off day. He will only do three straight days, and then he's going to take an off day or a lighter day, no pads. So I think these younger coaches with the GPSs and everything have adapted the physicality of the team. Uh, Now, whether that's right or wrong, I think all these teams have really done, made huge strides in terms of monitoring. Say this for Chip Kelly, even though some of his methods on on the urine and the smoothies were kind of stupid monitoring the pace of guys it was ahead of its time and every team now in the league is doing that i know the warriors do that like they they can tell how hard you're practicing so when you go i'm tired you you go like your effort has been shitty but if your effort's been really high and you're like i'm tired then you know to give a guy an off day uh again i i'm just going to niners practice in the off season iuke had like an incredible couple week stretch and Kyle gave him the day off and said after practice, like, you know, we'd seen his usage and his work ethic, like in terms of how fast he was playing in practice was so high, like he didn't need to do anymore. So, and we didn't want to get him injured and he had earned it. So I, I think technology, you know, and I'm not as close as obviously the people working in the league that actually see the data, but I think it's played a big, big role. Now, again, I, I'm of the belief is like, you can do preventative measures, but like guys are going to tear labrums. Guys are going to tear an ACL, maybe with the soft tissue stuff. And, and, and definitely in football, once the pads come on, broken legs, broken feet, broken hands, some stuff is unavoidable. It's a violent game, a physical game with massive human beings moving at rapid speed. But good question. If Trey Lance clearly a bust, do you see any scenario where Kyle and John keep their job? Obviously, they made a huge bet on him, but seeing as they've made deep runs in the playoffs before Lance and clearly have shown the expertise in building and fielding a competitive team, as a Niner fan, I wouldn't want to restart and get rid of Kyle just because they made a bad call. They're not going anywhere. Jed York is not getting rid of those two guys. Now, the Trey Lance, for him to be a quote-unquote bust, would have to be pretty bad. Like, let's face it, Jimmy Garoppolo has been an up-and-down roller coaster. And they have won four playoff games in two years or three years. Four playoff games. Four. <laughs> like, that's a lot of playoff wins. And we're leading in the NFC Championship game and we're leading in the Super Bowl. So the Niners are not upgrading on Kyle Shanahan. Let's say Trey Lance is a bust. Fire Kyle Shanahan for who? For Brian Dayball? You know, what are we doing? <laughs> like, no, no. Those guys, as long as Kyle wants to keep the job for the foreseeable future, he's good. Now, he would take a lot of shit. 
you know, on the outside from fans and people of Trey Lance. If Trey Lance is worse than Jimmy Garoppolo, he'd be pretty bad. You know, because Jimmy Garoppolo in Mike Sandoz thing was viewed as like, I think, the 17th best quarterback, 16th best quarterback. Not that high. Mailbag question. I'm a big Packers fan, born and raised in Milwaukee. One of the flaws of Rodgers throughout the year is the lack of trust he's shown in young receivers. One bad drop and he may not look that way again. With his recent public comments of how fourth-round pick Romeo Dobbs, Dobbs is standing out in camp, I didn't see that. Do you see a shift in the typical Rodgers mentality? With the departure of Devontae, he'll obviously have some more trust. He'll have to have some more trust, but could also see LaFleur going run-heavy and limited passes to vets like Lazard, Cobb, and Tanya. Interested to hear your thoughts. Well, part of it's supply and demand, right? Historically, when Rodgers, let's use the last one, when he got Devontae. And remember, those first couple years were tough. Well, if memory serves me correct, they had Jordy. They probably still had Greg Jennings then, and they had James Jones. Maybe Greg Jennings was gone by then, or maybe it was his last year. So he was loaded. And then by the time Devontae came in, Jordy was humming, and like James Jones was on his way out. Well, right now, what are his choices? You know, it's easy to not look their way when you can just throw it at Devontae every single play. With him being gone, like, he's going to have to throw it, whether it's fourth-round pick, whether it's Watson. You know, Sammy Watkins gets hurt all the time. Cobb's old. I, I know he said Lazard's a future Hall of Famer, but <clears throat> we all know he was being a little facetious there. I, I, I also think it's just supply and demand. He has no choice. It's easy for Brady to not throw it at Nikhil Harry when he's throwing it to Gronk and Edelman. But you take away a couple of those guys, he's got to throw it to them. And I, I'm with you. Their game plan is going to be pretty simple. They're going to be a dominant running team because those running backs are good. And their defense should be pretty good. Now, they have Aaron Rodgers, who is in the peak of his powers multiple times, back-to-back MVP. So your passing game should still be pretty good. But it's it's got to be hard to be as potent without Devontae Adams. I mean, Devontae Adams is a Hall of Fame level player. So, and they, they just have a lot of question marks. These guys are old, unproven, or injury prone. <clears throat> Do you think it's possible for the Lions to win nine games? They have a top 10 O-line, and their defense has improved under Aaron Glenn, and we play a soft schedule with bad quarterbacks. Would it be possible for them to make a run? Um, <clears throat> I have a hard time seeing it with Jared Goff. I, I, I really do. I mean, the Rams, McVay's a dynamic play caller. I mean, Dan Campbell, I, I'm sorry I'm not super locked into the to the, to the uh, Lions. Is Dan Campbell still calling plays? I remember he did the second half of last year. Uh, I'm Your defense could be more competitive. The division, the Bears are going to stink. Vikings should be better. And the Packers, like, what are you going to do, beat the Packers? <laughs> so, I... Uh, I'll be honest, no. Maybe it could be a lot more competitive and a lot better and be like six wins and just be trending in the right direction. I just don't love your quarterback play. Uh, lifelong Seattle fan. But as times are changing, with players and coaches moving around so much, I find myself rooting for certain guys more than the team now. With everyone calling for Pete and John's head in Seattle, is it crazy to think that the problem might be more to be with Pete rather than John? Feels like early in the earlier days... We were hitting on draft picks left and right. Bobby, Sherm, Russ. But as Pete got bigger and got more control, the team started to go down in the player personnel department. Is it crazy to say that Pete should go and John should stay? Well, Pete's been the boss the entire time. So Pete was the ultimate decision maker. 
<clears throat> and early on in those drafts, you know, Pete was fresh out of college, so he knew those guys really, really well. And you're right. They hit on a couple back-to-back drafts that set them up for the next five, six years. And most importantly, they hit on Russ, which was John Schneider. John Schneider pounded the table for him, convinced Pete. I don't think, you know, if Pete loses his job after this season, you have to fire John Schneider. I think he's earned his career resume. You know, even before he got here, he was well accomplished, highly thought of, coming from the Packers. I think you could easily justify firing Pete Carroll at 70, 71 years old, letting John Schneider pick another coach and giving him four or five years to see if he's worth being the GM. He's earned that right. Uh, yeah. I don't think they need to be tied at the hip. So I, I I would have no problem with doing that. Now, is that what's going to happen? You know, you follow the team probably closer than I do. The owner situation, I, I'm not that well read on it. You know, she's adamant anytime that Phil Knight's going to buy the Trailblazers. She's always throwing out statements. You know, he clearly was very involved and loved sports, right? I mean, loved sports. Like Steve Ballmer with the Clippers. Uh You know, Paul Allen felt like that with Seattle and the Trailblazers. Love sports. Do do those daughters? Let's face it, probably not. So how are they going to operate? We just just don't know. I started listening to you recently, and you're great at what you do and an inspiration in the podcast field. I was wondering why you and Colin don't play fantasy football. It's like being a GM of your own team, especially in Dynasty League. So I think you guys would enjoy it. It could also help give you insight into the masses of fans who do play. I've had a lot of people reach out and say, you should talk about it more. And maybe I will try to make an emphasis and pick three or four guys that I love on a given week. But I I, I can't play something that I just do not give a shit about. <laughs> and I'm not saying that I, I, I'm glad everyone plays. I love the interest. I know a lot of people that do. It's really cool. I just don't care. And there is no way I can play daily fantasy. I could never have a team and play a team for the whole year. Because what if I draft a guy in the first round and then he tears ACL week three? Like, I, I, I don't want that. Like, I, I, don't, I don't have the time. Uh, I mean, technically, I do have the time. But I, I, don't, I don't have the energy and I don't have the care. That's my thing. I just don't care. Even though, I, I, honest to God, I respect the hell out of every single person that listens that plays fantasy. I understand that that leads to a passion for the sport that's the biggest in America that obviously I built my life around in terms of financially. It's how I make my money. So, but I, I can't. I, I can't play <laughs> just because I, I just don't care. Now, is that a dumb mindset to have? Maybe. Maybe I'm being ignorant, naive, uh, stupid. Uh, I, I dabble in daily fantasy. Daily fantasy is just more my speed. I, I like changing my team. I, I don't want to be stuck if I draft Cooper Cup and then he's like having a down year. I don't want to be stuck with him. i like, well, I'll take Tyreek this week or I'll take Debo this week or I'll take Travis Kelsey this week. I like having options. Um. <laughs> But I, I know you guys play because I get a lot of DMs about it. I do. I, I know it's a passionate, passionate thing for people to do. You seem very confident that Brady is leaving Tampa for Miami next season. But why would Brady leave a top five O-line and a top five wide receiver core and just an overall better team, as well as leave a much easier conference? Now, I don't necessarily think he's a lock to go to Miami. I just don't think Tom Brady, he's either going to retire or go to the Dolphins. And part of going to the Dolphins is to get the ownership. I don't think he's going to the Dolphins because he thinks they'd be some incredible team. I think it would be part of that ownership deal with that Steven Ross guy that is going to get the team whenever he sells it, right? Who's who's like the number two who's next in line. That'd be the reason. And the only reason I think that is because it literally almost happened this year. Yeah, I'm not, it's not like some theory I have on my own. I'm just basing it on the information. 
Tom Brady was going to go to Miami with Sean Payton. And like a lot of things with Miami, it failed. But like that was real. And he was going to get ownership. Tom Brady retired this year. So, and he, he's even made some comments like, do I think Tom Brady is a lock to play in 2023? Hell no. I If you would have told me after the season ended, was Tom Brady going to play for Tampa Bay in 2022? I would have said 100%. And then for a split second, he kind of didn't. I think it's probably 50-50 at best he keeps playing. If he does, I think Miami would be an option. Again, depending, what if two is good this year and they make the playoffs? But I, I'm not making that, like this isn't my own theory. I'm just basing it on previous information. Because in what world would he, why would he have left Tampa this year? Their team's way better than Miami. So it made no sense, but he was intrigued because he gets ownership. And how do you turn down getting ownership in an NFL team? Don't blame him. Seeing where Christian Watson is already missing some time at Packers camp due to a knee injury, they're calling minor, should we be concerned? I think anytime guys miss time early in practice, especially young players that haven't played, it's okay to be concerned. Right? If like, you know, Fletcher Cox misses a couple days or Jason Kelsey or Russell Wilson or Tom Brady or Trent Williams, like, okay, you know, I've seen it. If you're a rookie, like, I, I'm sorry, it's not good. Like, especially a rookie, it's, you're not like coming from Alabama or Ohio State. You come from North Dakota State. That's a, not an easy transition. Been listening to your podcast on Spotify for a while. I'm a big fan. Appreciate that. I've been thinking about starting my own podcast, really just for fun, but it's something I want to put a lot of time and energy into so it's the best that it can be. You got any suggestions on where to even begin? Any advice you could give would be much appreciated. One thing just to start with, and this is a pet peeve of mine, it's got to sound good. So get good equipment. Whenever I hear a podcast, and listen, we all, if you don't record right, you can make a mistake on a given episode. <clears throat> but when I, when you sound like you're coming through the computer or your mic's terrible, I immediately tune you out. Like, I mean, I change it. So make sure it sounds good. And then I would just, I, I don't necessarily, whether it's sports, business, whatever you're going to podcast, just try to, try to be authentic to yourself. And then just hopefully naturally through being yourself, you sound different. You know, I mean, part of being, I, I think you got to be unique. Well, most people are unique because they just think for themselves. I think where people get in trouble is they try to copy other people. And there's nothing wrong copying other people like big picture. You know, like I copy Colin in the sense of I like business. He likes business. He uses a lot of those analogies. That's what I like. Like I, I don't like just bland sports talk. I, I bores me. Like I like factoring in financial stuff. Why? I follow the markets. I follow the real estate market. I, I like that's what I talk to my friends about. You know, it interests me. So, but like he was the only guy that talks like that. So, but I don't try to emulate everything he does, even though he's a huge inspiration. I just act like and talk like I talk, right? So just whoever you like listening to in whatever industry, if you're going to talk about sports, if you're going to talk about real estate, if you're going to talk about widgets, I don't know, whoever is in that space that you enjoy or look up to or want to be like, copy kind of some of their layout and how they approach it and then be yourself. Like, I don't do a lot of interviews here because my, my mindset is pretty simple is that a lot of big podcasts do interviews. I, I'm not Dan Patrick or Colin or Howard Stern or Rogan. Like it's not, I'm not a great interviewer, Like, but, but it's like you can find interviews anywhere. Like you're coming here for me. Now you could argue that if I did more big interviews, maybe the show would be even bigger. Maybe, but like, 
most people that listen to it like it and stay. And it's worked out pretty well. But I, I think I enjoy just having more opinions on everything that's going on instead of letting someone else talk. Now, I enjoy it, like having Cam Hayward and Andrew Whitworth was awesome. Like those guys, I'm a man of the year. Another <laughs> dude's like a Steeler legend. Like I, I, I enjoy doing those, but I don't do many of them. And I don't do many of them for a reason because I, I think a point of my point of difference for this podcast is like you're coming to get my opinions, unfiltered opinions on football and whatever else is going on. But the Whitworth and Cam Hayward interviews were cool. <laughs> Started listening to your podcast. Last question. Have been enjoying it after I saw you on Collins Feet. I'm a baseball player and I love the game and with all and want it to do well. What do you think that the Major League Baseball can do to gain viewers and help solve the decline in popularity? I don't have a great answer. And I I, uh, I was thinking this watching the Derek Jeter documentary. Baseball in the 90s, and maybe I'm a little nostalgic, obviously born in 84 and as I'm becoming a teenager and in my prime of loving sports was the 90s. But I felt baseball in the mid-90s, in the peak of Michael Jordan and the Cowboy Dynasty and the 49er Dynasty and Brett Favre was every bit as big as basketball and the NFL. Barry Bonds, Cal Ripken, Ken Griffey Jr., the Yankees, it was, I could name several players on every team. And all the good teams, most of their players. Austin Riley, who I don't watch much Braves, if any, baseball, Clearly is a really good player. And I saw people tweeting about him over the year that he's an MVP type guy. Got $200 million today. The Braves gave him 10 years, $212 million. And I think most casual sports fans have no clue who he is. None. But, you know, I I think that's a problem. (laughs) Like, their star best players, non-Dodgers, Yankees, or Red Sox, I don't think most people know. And I don't have an answer because like I like watching that Jeter documentary. I'm like, God, baseball felt really cool, felt very important, felt very big. And it just doesn't quite feel like that. The playoffs do, but the regular season doesn't. And I I don't have an answer. I I, I really don't. I'm a, I'm a huge Giants fan. I honestly, this year, haven't watched a total of them play nine innings. Now, I've watched some Yankee games and Mets games and Dodger games, but the Giants bore me. I think a lot of teams are boring. You know, I think analytics is bad for the game. Bad, let me rephrase that. Bad for the consumer. Like, I like some action. You're just striking out, hitting home runs, and your starting pitchers all go like four or five innings. Like, it's not great. It's not what we want. You know? I mean, we want, people want action. And that's what the NFL provides. And I, I I don't know I don't have I don't have a great answer but I, I'm they they need to try to do something and it might be out of their control it might part of it is the pace of play in society we don't have long attention spans anymore I mean maybe they're screwed I, I don't I don't know I don't have a great answer for you appreciate everyone listening at John Middlecoff is the Instagram talk to everyone soon Godspeed peace see ya. <laughs>
that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 